Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blind Leading the Blind podcast. Uh, my name is Chris. And I'm Mike. And we are coming to you this evening from the spacious confines. Confines? Confines. Confines. No, they cut, they cut those down to build this place. Pine cones? Yes, yeah, sort of like that. <laughs> confines of, of Studio <laughs> A in the incredible, but uh, now I find out has no security cameras. I probably shouldn't say that publicly. A Albany Woods compound. I don't feel safe anymore. You want to try it again? Help me, help me. No. <laughs> I don't want to try it again. You Bring it. LOL. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yeah. We are coming to you live from uh, Studio A in Albany Woods, also known as the Spare Bedroom. Um, uh, throw out the contact information first, as per usual. If you want to get a hold of us, our email is blindpod at gmail.com that's b-l-i-n-d-p-o-d at gmail.com write that down um facebook uh first name all one word the blind last name all one word no 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 you got that wrong i messed first it up. name blind leading there you go all one word last name the blind all one word there you go uh instagram is at blindpod uh, um, so no, so here we go. Fun, interesting fact. I wanted to share a fun, interesting fact. So I went into the wonderful world of the Googles and I came across something that was extremely interesting. A, a couple of somethings. One, do you know what is currently to date the largest threat to the American power grid? No, I do not know. Squirrels. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. They actually have this thing where they track squirrel activity and movement. The, what is it, the National American Power and something Association? Really? Yeah. They be on them squirrels. Do they have little squirrel tracking devices or? I have no idea. I, I, I want to know now how they do this. This right. intrigues me. They uh, Apparently, though, they track the movement and activity. They've narr narrowed it down to uh, October to December, and uh, I want to say like late spring through the summer, uh, early summer, are the two hot, highest times of activity for squirrels as far hmm. as wrecking electricity. Well, that's probably because there's some little jerk squirrel that goes, hey, buddy, you cold? Go over there, touch your tongue on that little wire over. See, see where it sticks out the transformer? <laughs> Just stick your tongue on that. You'll warm up instantly, brother. That could be the little jerk squirrels. I don't like squirrels anyway. That much. I, mean, I love tail, squirrels. Bushy tail city especially rats. When you, especially when you uh, mix them up with some gravy. Uh, they, they, they are good that way. Yeah. Uh, so other fun fact. Um, <laughs> uh, and I don't know how accurate this is, but I'm just going to read the fun fact that I found. Well, that's what makes it more fun if it's not accurate. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, roller coasters apparently were invented to distract Americans from sin. Hmm. Uh, this here says in the late 1880s, hosiery businessman, what is hosiery? Like panty hosiery, like yeah, stockings, stockings, gutters, and socks. Uh, I got you. So he was a he was in the hosiery business. Yeah, that's him. Mm -hmm. All right. So well, his name was Lamarcus Thompson. Sounds just like a, a, a guy. Sounds like yeah. a hosiery salesman. Yeah, well, yeah, that would be in the hosiery market. Uh, but he hated the fact that Americans were tempted by hedonistic places like saloons and brothels. Hmm. 
So, he set out to straighten up one of the most immoral places. I can't even read this with a straight straight face. He set out to straighten up one of the most immoral places he could think of. Coney Island in New York. All them hedonistic 12-year-olds running around buying hot dogs. Yeah. I, That's the good old Stewart's. Nathan's. Was it Nathan's? Nathan's is in Coney Island. Yeah, Where'd Stewart's come from? Stewart's root beer. Well, I mean, isn't that a is that an Ohio thing? Stewart's. I think it is an Ohio. Nah, that might be a mm, thing. Mm, State no. up north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Football season. That we place, don't say that word. That place up north. We the, the, the name that shall not be uttered. Um, yeah. So uh, he set out to fix all up of uh, Coney Island and rid them of their sinners by building roller coasters. So he built the first roller coaster to give New Yorkers some good, clean fun away from seedier pastimes. So there you go. That's uh, roller coasters were meant to keep us out of sin. I really wonder what he would think about like like Cedar Point or Kings Island these days. <laughs> I think he would. I, I, I don't know. He'd probably just bust a gusset. <laughs> That's a little hosiery joke there. Just let it a go. A gusset. <laughs> Gusseted. <laughs> Heel toe, heel toe, heel toe. That's how we took inventory. They had the worst problem in that factory with garter snakes, though. It was oh my horrible. God. Bro, you're you killing me. You just wouldn't believe I it. I can't yeah. breathe, bro. you got to stop. The only way they could catch him was with the fishnet. <laughs> I'm dying. So, I've had my moment of fun. I hope that was a fun <laughs> fact time for you, too. Oh, <laughs> Oh my what gosh. were we talking about? What are we supposed to be here for? Why are we here? Why <laughs> am I here? Uh, before, uh, I don't know. Maybe we should call a psychologist. I ask that every morning about 9 o'clock. Why am I here? Why am I here? <laughs> yeah, what's the purpose? Um, all right, so yeah, this is uh, the Blind Leading the Blind podcast. Uh, the podcast that exists because, well, we decided to do it, I guess. I hope the God had some sort of a hand in it, but I think yeah. he might have. But I, there are probably a lot of reasons for that. Yeah. Uh, so we've been doing this uh, this series um, that we started on psychology. And uh, in the last episode, this will be part three of that series, I guess. I don't know how many parts we're going to end up with, but this is part three. Uh, in the last episode, we were reading through the questions on this article on Bible.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were only one or two questions left that we hadn't got to. And it, in, in, in my humble opinion, um, the last couple questions in this article are really the sort of big important ones. The crux of all this. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll probably tackle those. And then the, one of the last questions here deals with medication. Mm-hmm. And we can go ahead and tap on that a little bit, but I want to wait and sort of get into that. There's some foundation and some some things that I want to go over before we get there. Too. Right. I knew you had some stuff there. I, I, and I want to say this to, to folks who are, are listening. I'm stuttering tonight. This should be fun for you. Um, if... If we, if Chris and I speak with a certain confidence or a certain boldness about about this topic or any others, it's not because we're saying you are wrong. And please don't please don't misunderstand what we're doing. We just have a certain agreement 
Uh, in, I shouldn't have watched you, the video. Should I not. shouldn't have let you watch that video. I'm in agreement. <laughs> um, oh, that's, we'll talk about that another day. Ask Chris about it. Um, but we understand some things. We believe some things that cause us to be very bold about this particular topic. And we've had experiences um, with other people and with ourselves and seeing these things. And we just want to bring, just want to shine some light on them um, for, for people who are either struggling with this or talking about it or thinking about it. Yep. Um, yeah, so we left off. This is, uh, so, so we're reading this article I cited the author in the website. It's on Bible.org, but I cited the author in the last episode. So if you're just catching this on this one, go back to the previous episode, and you'll be able to find... I don't want to dig through it and find the guy's name. Um, but I, it's on the episode previous. Yes. Plus, if you're just joining us on this one, you really need to go back to the beginning and listen to the first part of at least this series. To we would encourage you to do that uh, because it does tie together. So that you don't... Come in in the middle of thought, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. So, we left off on question nine in this article. And I wanted to wait and, and do a whole episode on the last couple of questions because, mm -hmm. like I said, they're really kind of the crux, in my opinion, of the whole deal. Mm -hmm. So, I'll start with this one. It'd be question nine here. It says, but don't certain complicated psychological problems require expertise of a professional therapist. Certain complicated psychological problems, don't they require the expertise of a professional therapist? There are several things in there that I think warrant some more consideration. One of those things is this word complicated. What does... Why is it complicated? Why do we believe that some psychological <clears throat> problems are so complicated that it requires the expertise, as it says here, of a professional therapist? Well, I think that uh, for a lot of people, well, so you have to understand there's this whole industry that's been built from psychology <clears throat> that makes it complicated, right? It, it is it is assumed to be a medical field, thereby being complicated. Yes. Um, and what was that too strong of a word? No, so, not at all. Because um, I don't think it is. I personally believe that we, people view psychology as complicated because they have been told by psychologists that it's complicated. Right. If a plumber tells you, no, there is no way that you can snake out that drain, you do not understand what's going on, I will come to your house and I will show you how to snake out the drain and show you how easy it is. Yep. Um, why does the plumber want you to think that it's difficult? So he can charge you money for it. Now that's not every plumber, okay, don't get And that's not every psychologist. Exactly. Um, but the reason that it's touted as being so complicated is because, remember, going back to the previous one, they've built this up over tons and tons of years as being 
the only way to talk about this stuff yes. is if you use our stuff. Yes. If you use our knowledge that we've gained, we're the experts. And our methods. Yeah. And when in reality, that's not the case at all. Um, that's what they want you to believe because it benefits them, not necessarily financially, mm-hmm. but it keeps you coming back to their office. It keeps them in a job and it confirms that they are right. It validates what they are doing. Yeah, it validates that $200,000 you spent on an education for that piece of paper on the wall behind your desk. Or more that you will be in your 50s before you pay that that little puppy off. Right. Um, so, go ahead. What you now, got? I was just going to come up with, I just had a little thought that flittered through my head, an analogy. Okay, go for it. Said if, if you're having... If you're having difficulty with your vehicle, let's just choose that. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. Well, that's the first thing I thought of because it's been a topic of conversation <laughs> and I'm a jerk. <laughs> um, oh, God bless you, my child. <laughs> I could have said other things and made it more personal, but I decided not to. I so weird. <laughs> um, What's the little smoky pot thing that the priests carry the around? Incense burner. It's got a specific name. Brandy Collins oh, probably I've got knows. one in my teacup right here. <laughs> I like when they first light it and they choke back half of the audience out. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, go ahead. Suppose you're having difficulty with your vehicle. Who are you going to go to? Who are you going to take that vehicle to? Are you going to call up the local... Uh, electrician? Are you going to call up the baker? Maybe. Boy, he had to go there. <laughs> um, who day? No, you're going to call somebody who understands vehicles. Correct, the mechanic. Now, psychologists say that they understand the human mind. We're the ones. We understand it. We know how it works. We know its inner workings. That goes against scripture. So, so let me throw this out there. I thought you were going to explain that. Explain your thing? Yeah. I thought it was self-explanatory. Well, not to everybody. <laughs> okay. So, there could be one out of those 19 people that listen to us <laughs> that, that actually don't understand this concept. So, mechanics are trained professionals to work on cars. That's their trade. Electricians are trained people who work with electricity. That's their trade. Don't you dare raise your hand. That was funny. (laughs) Um, And for all accounts and purposes, psychologists and psychiatrists are trained people who should know about the mind. Yes. And they do. I'm not going to take that away from them. However, they cannot know it completely. Why? Well, because Scripture says, uh, one, that we're blinded by sin. Yes. Jeremiah 17, 9. Right. Yep. Our hearts are deceitfully wicked. None can know it. Yep. Um, Only God knows the heart and mind, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We can't can't even understand our own hearts. It's not possible. Right. Right. he knows he knew you in your mother's womb, and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. Yeah. What gets in the way of all that? Our sin. Yes. Go ahead, Chris. Um, 
Okay, if you're a believer in Christ, he's, <laughs> he's stuck. I can just see his little wheel spinning. Um, if you believe in God, if you believe that Jesus is, the, is your Savior and is the source of your salvation, and God is the source of, uh, of your life and, and is looking to bless you, why would you take the word of individuals who have said they are not Christian, who have said they don't believe, B.F. Skinner, there's one. Yep. Um, I don't know for sure about Maslow. Freud, definitely. Uh, Jung is one. Yep. All these people that have come up with modern psychology uh -huh. have pulled it from some, <clears throat> somewhere in the ethers in their own minds. Why would you take their word for it without saying, hey, God, what's going on? Is If you've got turmoil, if your brain just seems to be on tilt all the time, there must be something that's going on. God must be trying to show you something. He's always working. I, he's shown me things in the last three weeks that have just hurt my heart because I have been such a jerk in many ways in my life. Not you. Yeah, the complaining Bible study ripped me a new one. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm glad you, you sort of took that because you, you had a way better way of explaining it than I did. Mine was, what I was formulating in my brain was about to be much more harsh. Um, so I'm glad you took that. Go ahead, say harsh. Well, I, I don't know if I need to because okay. I don't... So Look. here's here's the thing. Here's where I get rubbed the wrong way on this, right? Mm -hmm. Is that for me, if God is your everything, mm -hmm. and if the Bible is absolute truth, mm -hmm. and if the Bible says that God made you, mm -hmm. He wired you up, mm -hmm. He knows your purpose. Why then, for me, this is where I get sort of ticked off, is why do you, then do you have people who are saying, I'm a Christian, but I need to go see a psychologist? Or, for me, even worse, I'm a Christian, and I'm a psychologist. And there are people who are Christians and psychologists that we dearly love. Yes. I'm, and, and yeah. I have never understood... Right. How the two shake hands. Right. I I can't wrap my head around it. Mm -hmm. um, there are some people who are who went to school for a degree in psychology to become a psychologist, who afterwards went, you Ooh. know what? I'm going to take the really important technical things that I learned mm -hmm. from my education. Mm -hmm. And apply them under the auspices of Scripture. Yes. So Scripture becomes the driving force for the technicality side. Right. So that you have technical, tangible, implemental methods backed up by Scripture. Yes. That And those people, I'm like, sweet. That's for me. That's where it's at. Because honestly, if I'm having a breakdown and I go sit in my pastor's office and seek counseling from him, mm -hmm. 
That's essentially what he's doing. He's taking the Bible and saying, this is what scripture says to do. Here's how you practically apply it in your life to deal with this, this problem, right? Right. Well, he's, he does that because he's qualified. And, oh, no, wait a minute. Well, he is as a pastor. He is as a pastor because God has qualified him. But you and I are qualified just the same. There we go. Because this, what we're talking about right here, mm-hmm. is personal, one-on-one, discipleship ministry. Right? Right. And anyone can do it. Yes. And the the wall, the separating line is God or no God. Right. And you can't have a middle ground. Oh, yes, you can. Well, you can. <laughs> Knock yourself out, Skippy. I, I saw, it, it, interestingly enough, I'd been doing lots of googly research. Googly research. Googly. Googly eyes? Googly eyed research about psychology and Christianity. And I think we talked a little bit about that. But because... Facebook and Google um, communicate somehow. I don't know how that is. Must be through I'm one. Telling of, you, your phone reads your mind. It does. It does. It more than that. It listens in. Just don't even go there. I've got too many examples. Me too. But I got an ad on Facebook for a T-shirt that said, "You can have Jesus and a therapist too." And this was a real live uh-huh. ad. They were marketing T-shirts for whatever reason. Um, but it just struck me that this is so common. It's so ingrained in modern society that wherever you want to seek help, it's okay. You are the determiner of what's best for you. That is entirely an Eastern religion thing, by the way. Oh yeah. Uh, Buddhism. You are, you reach your own nirvana. Don't say shotgun. I want to read some scripture here because I have to. Um, I want you to, I'm going to read the first few verses of uh, Psalm 1. And I want you to think of this in light of psychology and an individual's walk with God. Psalm 1.1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. That person, think about psychology, is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Have you ever felt like you were getting blown around like chaff? Now, what's chaff? Chaff is the stuff that's left over from milling wheat. It's the the leftover leafy stuff that just gets blown away. It's actually thrown up in the air in a breeze. It used to be, and that the wind carries off the stuff that's not good. It's it's no good. It's useless. Gotcha. Um, kind of like refining the wheat in some ways, uh-huh. or any grain. Yep. Go ahead. So what scripture seems to be saying is that the Bible there is pretty clear that we are not to seek understanding, knowledge, 
and resolve from unbelievers. That is correct. So do you think these uh, folks who came up with, uh, you know, Freud and Young and Rogers and Maslow and Skinner and all those guys, do you think those guys love Jesus? I can tell you for a fact that Skinner <laughs> didn't. Yeah, that was a rhetorical question. Yeah. They, 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 they most likely, yeah. almost all of them scoffed at let, the idea. Of let God. me just let you in on something, which you probably already know. Freud, Sigmund Freud, who is the father of a whole school of psychology, Freudian. a whole methodology. Yep. Um, he traces every psycholo- almost every psychological problem back to unresolved sexual tension between a child and its mother. Yep. Now, is that a little weird? I bet you he had some mommy issues. I'm almost certain that he did. In fact, as you look back, yes. So is this the person you want to be taking psychological advice from to run your life? Yeah, see, that's that's where the problem is. We're not talking about people who, who go see a psychologist or go see a counselor for some advice. Right. For a period of time. What we're talking about is we have an entire nation full of people who their identity, their self-identity is whatever disorder that they've been handed out by the psychologist. Exactly. And cannot live without seeing their psychologist at least once or twice a week. Right. We're uh, Listen, I'm not talking about you go see, you for a couple weeks, you go see a counselor, you go see a psychologist, whatever, to, to, to sort of get some advice on practical things you can do to get your head out of your butt. Yes. Right? That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the pandemic that we have in our country of people who are absolutely reliant upon their psychologist, their counselor, whatever medication they're issued, and their identity is found in whatever disorder that they're labeled with. My, ooh, I almost said, <laughs> roll that back a little bit. Um, <laughs> I know someone who openly looked at my wife and said, well, ain't nobody, I ain't going to worry about nobody messing with me. I'm bipolar, which means I can do whatever I want and not get in trouble for it. So you best not mess with me because I'll take your daggone head off and then be like, oh, I'm just bipolar. And ain't nobody going to say nothing to me because I've been diagnosed. That is who I am. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the gross, vast majority of the population of the United States of America. I can do, I can sin all I want because that's just who I am. And I got a note from the doctor that says I am. Yep. And you can't say anything to me about it. You're not allowed to hold me accountable for my actions because they're not my fault. I have a disorder. No, you have an unwillingness to submit. Your disorder is a failure to control, a failure to discipline yourself, and a failure to seek counsel that will assist you in that discipline and understanding 
understanding what it is. I would be willing to bet that most of the people who are diagnosed as, air quotes here, bipolar, have an issue that is so much deeper than just how they act out their emotions than, than anything else. It would be like, t oh, I'm not there yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, I was going to get into drugs. Okay. Uh, I mean, not me personally. I was going to talk about them. You want to go there yet? Not yet. Okay. Keep, keep talking for a minute. Okay, okay. He's, he's looking something I up. I found something the other day, and i got to figure out where I found it. The, the underlying cause of so many psychological dis disorders, as, as they've been caused, so many life-controlling issues, to borrow a phrase, is simple selfishness and ignorance of what God says. If, if, if someone doesn't understand what God is doing or trying to do and doesn't even know who God is, and, and they're acting a fool, well, you have to give them this thing called grace. And then you have to help them understand who God is. If you, if you refuse to help them understand who God is, you're not shining your light. So, just to make the point that we made, that we've been making, about why about when the Bible says not to seek counsel in the or not to walk in the way of the wicked or seek counsel from the ungodly, mm -hmm. blah, 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 those type of statements, here's what it means, okay? Sigmund Freud said, and this is a quote from Sigmund Freud, it would be very nice if there were a God who created the world and was a benevolent providence, and if there were a moral order in the universe and an afterlife, but it is a very striking fact that all this is exactly as we are bound to wish it to be. Freud didn't believe in God. Freud thought it was magical dude up in the sky that people hallucinated. Mm -hmm. Carl Jung, spelled J-U-N-G, by the way, mm -hmm. founded analytical psychology. He said, remember that the only God man comes in contact with is his own God, called spirit, oh soul, my. and mind. Oh my. Or consciousness. Yes. And these three are one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In other words, Jung thought that self is God. Mm -hmm. Rudolf Allers, Allers, Allers wrote, uh, For Jung, God is not a transcendent reality of whom man may achieve some knowledge of natural reason, but rather an archetype, a basic tendency in human nature. The idea of God and a future life are not seen as expressing reality but as a corresponding subjective need what they're kind of saying there if i can distill that correctly is that we have a need to want to continue we have a need to want to think that there is something better out there so we so to some of these people christians have created this system and this belief so that they feel better about what's to come. Right. It, it, their, their whole situation and thought process on that was that we, as human beings, need God. Right. It is a basic human tendency for us to believe and make up a God in our mind. Mm -hmm. um, that need for God, gosh, I wonder where that came from. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> By the way, folks, we do need God. Uh, it is a basic human need. <laughs> you can't get off the rock without him. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I hope that sort of breaks down 
the point that we were saying about um, certified, qualified, professional individuals. The professional part, what they're certified with, the knowledge that they've learned with, comes from these people who thought there is no God. There is no God. And if you think there is, then you need to come lay on my couch. But if you come to me and you're searching for this God thing, I will tell you that it's just you. There, there is. This also comes from Eastern religions, Buddhism particularly, and some of its, its little offshoots. Um, if you've ever read the book or seen the movie The Razor's Edge um, by W. Somerset Maugham, um, it is the, 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 the story of the life of a man by the name of Paul Brunton, although he's given a different name in the movie and the book, who created a system of belief that has the over-self as its center. In other words, you are your own God, and you have to be able to step back from your presence and be the God that controls what you do. Yeah, and that's sort of exactly where we're at in today's world. Most people, uh, there's this thing, I think they call it secular humanism. Yes. Uh, where basically whatever I decide is true for me is mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. And if we follow this whole methodology that we talked about before found in psychology, in Christian psychology rather, uh, that all truth is God's truth, then if whatever I decide is true, well, that has to be God's truth because it's true, right? And anything that's true has to come from God because God is truth. That's the whole school of thought. And so you have these people running around here justifying tons of sin, justifying tons of uh, speech, thought, behavior patterns mm -hmm. that are clearly sinful and wrong and saying, well, that's just how God made me. We're all God's children, right? How dare you judge me? God didn't make no trash. Right. God doesn't make trash. And that is a true statement. He does not make trash. Mm -hmm. However, I can take your BMW and turn it into trash. <laughs> so... Um, the answer, the, the last thing I guess I'll say on this before we move on, because we spent half hour on it almost. <laughs> uh, well, except for fun fact time, so except, we get to take that off. Well, uh, there's 10 minutes of fun fact time. Yeah, intro boy, it wasn't that interesting. Oh, you shut up. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what was the part I was going to... Oh, yeah, right here. So, um, who do you trust? There you go. Who do you trust? Do you trust God? Do you trust the one who made you? Do you trust the one that says that only I know your heart and mind, right? Mm -hmm. Do you trust the mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. who will save you? Mm -hmm. The only person who can save you? The right? one who created you? Or do you trust people who were educated with the knowledge of these men that we've mentioned who clearly do not believe in God, clearly have no respect for anyone who does, and all of their research and all of their knowledge that they've come up with is based not in God, not in truth. Do you want to be the determiner of truth? Where is, what is the source of truth? It's God. God is the source of truth. It's not, it's not our 
place to. He's looking around like he just got I stung by I a bee. I heard voices. You probably did. There are people talking in the other room. I didn't know there was. Yeah, somebody's talking out there. Um, <laughs> anyway, the source of truth is God. You can't trust your heart. So why are you trusting your heart to determine truth if you believe in the Bible and you believe in God? Yep. And if you don't believe in those things, then no wonder you trust your heart. No wonder you trust your feelings. No wonder you trust people who are educated by other people who don't believe in God. And if you do believe in God, you're, and you still want to have all this psychological fun and conversation. Do, psychological fun? It wasn't meant to be funny, but I guess it was. <laughs> then what have you not submitted to God? Oh, that's right, your mind and your psychology. Yeah, remember we talked about in the last episode that uh, anything that we think is true has to then be ran through the filter of God and His Word. Yes. And find out on the other side, is it still true? Yes. Um, All right, so are we we good on that one? I think we're good on that. Okay. I could go for a while if you want to, but I don't think we should. I know, I want to get some other topics in. How about no question number 10? Could we go to question number 10? Should we? I think we should. It follows nine so wonderfully. And okay. there is no question 11, so. There isn't? I don't think yes, so. Yes, there is. Is there? Oh, yeah, that's the medicine one. Scroll down. That's oh, the... goodness gracious. They just go on forever. I, I oh, let's get to number 10 so we can do other stuff. I didn't look how far it went. I didn't either. <laughs> I, I thought we were done. I almost. bet there are 12 steps to it. <laughs> no, I'm looking at 13 right now. Oh, okay. Uh, 13's the last one. Okay. So... All right, so question number 10. Mike, go ahead. What about the popular 12-step programs? The 12 steps sound like biblical principles. When in fact, so so the 12 step in A, the Narcotics Anonymous, mm-hmm. right? Or AA? AA was first. First, and right, okay. I'm fairly certain that the original creation of that 12-step program came from biblical principles. It did. Bill Wilson right. was a Christian. Right. And and he figured out a way to take biblical principles, what you and I would refer to as universal principles. Right. Things, kingdom, well, ki- kingdom, ki- kingdom principles, right? So mm-hmm. things that apply to your life that are true in your life, whether you believe in God or not, mm-hmm. right? And called them something else so that he could get in... Well, so that he could attract people. Yeah, okay. To this, and would, don't call it God and they'll come running, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, sounds like a lot of churches today. But anyway, um, <clears throat> we won't go there. Uh, sorry, I had to. He has to talk for a minute. I had to. Um, so, uh, if, <laughs> yep, I do. Back on it. <sighs> if you are degrading the truth or removing truth softening it up, rounding off the edges, disguising it as something other than truth so that people will then take it. Well, then bless your little heart because God wants the best for you, don't you know? Mm, then you are the worst. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't know, I don't know how accurate that is. That's my opinion. You are the worst. Um, in my opinion, people who take truth and disguise it as something not... Take godly truth, godly principles, godly things and disguise them as not godly 
just so that they can get more popularity. That would be deception. Is disgusting to yes. me. Yes. So anyway, sorry. That gets me fired up. 12 steps. Well, let's talk about the, kind of the core of what is the 12 steps. Instead of saying God, um, AA has chosen to use the phrase higher power. Okay. And they don't define high, higher power. Right. They allow you to define whatever your higher power you is. You get to pick your truth about higher power. We've already talked about that. Which little. already goes against the Bible, but yes. okay. It's If you're going to go ahead and determine what your higher power is, yep. then go ahead and just do the steps. Just just do them. Knock yourself out. <laughs> Find yourself a method that works yep. or a meeting that you like to go to. Some people get things out of the meeting. I'm not knocking it. As a, but just just like, hmm, just like, with the whole psychologist thing, there are people who can't make it without going to a meeting. Right. There are people who need that. So the power comes from the meeting and the system and the methodology, rather than the power coming from God. Yes. Because. So. I guess the real deep down crux of the matter is 12-step programs are a deception. Yes. They are a, um, a hologram of biblical principle. Have you ever been to an AA meeting? Oh, I'm going to get in so much trouble. Have I? Yeah. No, never I have. once. I have. It is such a... I apologize if anyone is offended, but I'm saying it anyway. It is such a nonsensical rote repetition of words that mean nothing when they're simply spoken, 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 spoken over and over again. I'm not entirely sure I understand that. Okay, there are readings that happen. Readings. Readings. I People are given sheets of paper to read something. And they read the same thing every week. The same words in the same tone because this is the paper they gave me to read. So it's like going to a Catholic service. Sort of. Vain repetition. Like, I didn't mean that in a mean way, but really it's just there, there's a lot of repetition of reading of, yes. well, I'm going to read this prayer. Rather than pray, I'm yes. going to read, read a prayer, prayer off the paper. Exactly. That takes the personal connection from it because someone's just reading it. And you know they don't mean the words sometimes. They're just doing it because they got handed the paper and they didn't want to say no. The other thing... It's got to get off that. The other thing that the 12 steps do is, and particularly in the modern world, they treat addiction as a disease. Really? They treat it as a... There's a... Yeah, a disease. Huh. Um, it's a sickness. And that we will help you recover from your addiction. Yes. Without any concept of there's something behind the addiction. That's what psychology does too. It only drills down to a point to treat the symptoms. Yes. There are... Some people have a chemical imbalance which causes them to not be able to control their use of substances or, as one, drinking. Okay? That doesn't mean that they're predestined to be alcoholics or to be drunk their whole life. 
there is a symptom the, the 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 alcohol the addiction is simply a symptom of something that's much deeper and much more personal it's easy to say well it's just selfishness it is sure it boils down to selfishness right at its simplest form right but it's more complicated than that usually yes and so and i speak as one who used to drink uh, quantities of <laughs> grain beverages <laughs> and other things and God did a miracle because he just took the desire for that away from me. Okay. Partly because I train wrecked my life in so many different ways that I understood the consequences. Go ahead, Chris. Can I can I dive in here? Please. Okay. So one of the things I have had knockdown, drag out, almost fist fight arguments with people over this topic. Um, because people get on this recovery thing. Right? Mm-hmm. And they get on this fast track to recovery. Mm-hmm. And there are methods. There are systems in place. Our government has paid for systems to be in place uh, that supposedly help people recover. Right? Okay. By recover, what they mean is imagine a ship that was on the right track has topsided over into the ocean. And then now they're going to recover that ship back upright again and set it on its way. The problem is when you use the term recovery and you speak about it in that manner, when you write the ship back up, no one says, well, this ship isn't sinking anymore. This ship isn't turned over anymore. This ship is no longer capsized. It is right side up and it's on its way. No one says that. What they say is the ship is still sinking. Here's what I mean. If you're an alcoholic or a heroin addict or a cokehead or a crackhead, whatever, pick your thing, whatever you got, okay? And you are in your recovery and you go through this 12-step program and you go to your meetings, they will tell you that if you have ever been addicted to anything, then you are an addict for the rest of your life. Yes. And that there's nothing you could ever do to not be an addict anymore. Yes. That is a flat out, bold faced lie. Correct. That is spoken so that they can keep you coming to the meetings. Because if you don't need them anymore, they have no purpose. Yes. And they all know that. Yes. Which is why they freak out if you try to even remotely offer the possibility that God can deliver you from that addiction. So let's talk about scripture. Okay. This is where I've, I've gotten in serious arguments with people about this because it's, um, what does the Bible say? Uh, Jesus loves us. Transformed. Be the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. Be transformed. It talks about the old man has passed away. Behold, I am all things are made new. Right. It talks about restoration, right? I argue restoration over recovery. I argue transformation over recovery. Absolutely. I argue being made into a completely brand spanking new shiny person over, sorry man, there's nothing we can do for you. You're going to be an addict your whole life. Right. Because the Bible says that you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, Behold, 
old things have passed away. All things have been made new, right? There's this song that we started singing the other day, but we, I've heard it. it's been out for a while. But it says, uh, you turn graves into gardens, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's just one of the lines of the song. But the whole song is about the transformation. God takes dead things and makes them live, mm-hmm. right? God doesn't take bad people and make them good. He takes dead things and makes them live, mm-hmm. okay? You walk into an AA meeting and tell someone that, no, no, I'm not an addict anymore. God made me something different. I used to be, but I submitted and gave my life to God, and he transformed me into something different. I'm not an addict anymore. They will call you crazy. They'll, they'll freak out. They'll freak out and try to fight you. Yes. Like fist to cuff fight you, right? And that's fine. The problem is I have more proof than you do. Absolutely. I have more physical, tangible evidence than you do that my God changes people. Absolutely. That my God takes dead things and makes them live. Absolutely. Your system puts a Band-Aid on it for a minute. Right. And, and I, want, I want to hit this while we're here. If, if your focus is your sin, you will continue in it. Yep. If you have to constantly look at what you don't want in your life, you can't focus on what God is intending for you. If you focus on the curse, he can't bless you. Right, because here's a here's a really quick what? You don't like that burp? I like that one. You don't like that burp? No. Oh. Um, so here's a really quick physical analogy that you can do yourself at home, listener. Take an object, any object, place it in front of you and look at it. Okay? Now I want you to continue looking at it while turning your back to it and walking the other way. Well, I can't do that. Of course you can't. Now, the reason that that's important is because one of the key things that we have to do as Christians for God to deliver us from our sin and so that we can be made new and have our minds renewed is we have to repent. Absolutely. Repentance means to turn away from, right. to, to, to do an about face and to go the other direction as right. hard and fast as possible. And to call it icky in the process. Yes, and to also, <laughs> yes, to make sure that you look at that thing and go, that's terrible, that's disgusting, I don't want that anymore, God help me. And then you turn away from it, mm-hmm. turn your back on it, and run the opposite direction yep. and screaming for God the whole way. Yes. Okay. You can't do that if you're sitting in a meeting every week looking at the thing that's disgusting yes. and saying, holding it up in the air for everyone in the circle to see and going, hi, my name is Chris and this is my ugly thing, mm-hmm. right? God delivered me from it. No, God hasn't delivered you from it because you stand, you hold it up in front of everyone and point at it as mm-hmm. your thing. Mm-hmm. If God delivers you from it, you will leave it where it's at, turn your back and go the other way. Right. Now I want to say at this point, if you are attending meetings every week, I didn't just we didn't just beat you into the ground and call you a jack wagon. Yes, please. Or stupid or foolish. If for right now it helps you in some way, but get a hold of God. Ask God to change your focus. I dare you to ask God to reveal himself to you. I oh, dare you oh. to ask him to show you who he is. I dare you to ask him 
And I don't mean do it in defiance of me asking you to do it. I mean... You can do it that way if you want to. I mean, legitimately... God's bigger than Chris. <laughs> I'm, but I mean, legitimately, in prayer time, ask God to reveal himself to you. Ask him to make you new. Well, man, I don't believe in God. What's with this prayer time crap? Well, if you don't believe in God... Then I, you dare shake, you, I dare you to do it anyway. Then you shake your fist at the sky and you go, God, you know I don't believe in you, but if you're real, show me. Yep. Look at God. Look at this guy. Shake your fist at him. Yell and scream at him and say, I dare you to show me you're real. Yeah. I dare you. If you're real, prove it. Chris is at this moment sitting across the desk from someone who did just about exactly that thing. <laughs> that would be me. Oh, my. 55 minutes already. Yes. Wow. We're just chatty Cathy's. We, we got two questions. I, I think that... All right. We got five minutes. I'm not going to go full on into the next questions. Next... I think next episode, we go medicine. Let's introduce these two. Well, I, I don't necessarily we'll even want to follow these questions. Ooh, they are good, though. Yeah. Okay. So so next episode, we'll tackle these two topics. <laughs> two. He said two. Like we're going to get past one. Maybe. Um, ne- next episode, we'll go into what about taking medication for psychological problems? And lastly, we will... Do oh not lastly sorry. Uh, next we'll after that we'll do. I've heard that feelings aren't right or wrong. Feelings just are. Feelings it, is that biblical? Nothing um, more than. <laughs> now you see why I don't sing. And okay, here's lastly, or is it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, are you saying then that counseling is wrong or not needed? Well, we've answered that about six times already. Bro. No, we are not saying that. Don't be independent from God. Yep. If you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, yes. If you're not a Christian, I, I dare you. I dare you to ask God to show himself to you. Yeah. I dare you, even if it's defiantly, even if it's you don't believe he'll do anything, dare him to show you. Yeah. And, and I, I'm, in the next episode, we will likely talk about something called CBT. Cognitive behavior therapy. Oh yeah, when we get into the medication stuff, when we talk about renewing of your mind yep. and things, and we've touched on this previously, but yep. we'll we'll get there. Um, just to kind of give you something to think about. Yep. In the meanwhile, share this with people, please, 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 please share it. Even if you're just posting on Facebook and you're afraid some of your friends might think you're nuts, well, I've got one that does. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm going to say this right before we go, but I'll say it. Um, if if your person that's listening to this and you say, well, I don't believe anything you're saying and, and you don't know what you're talking about. All these people have college degrees and they're scientists and you're not. And you're really that arrogant to think that you know better. Well, here's the thing. I have watched hundreds of people um the most recent one that comes to mind someone who was completely in the throes of a methamphetamine addiction just a complete meth head i'm talking stealing cars in broad daylight rampaging through the city um, robbing people that he loved completely just getting half killed by people in random abandoned houses because he didn't pay him money um 
that person, the worst possible meth head you can think of, I watched God literally completely transform his life yep. with no psychology, nope. with no medication, nope. with no outside sources other than discipleship, God, and his word, and the body of Christ. That's and, it. And surrounding himself with people who loved him. Yeah. It is possible. I've seen it hundreds of times. Promise you, I can line them up in front of you. Yeah. Promise. Yeah. It is possible. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Uh, go find someone to bless. You betcha. We love you. See you next episode. Love you. Bye. Bye.